What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Broken Tables Podcast. This is episode number 92 with your AEW Full Gear pay-per-view review. I am your host, Jeffrey Vegas, here as always with our co-host, King Rome. How you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm doing excellent here tonight. Uh, yesterday was one of the, possibly the funnest time I've had at a wrestling event, um, you know, yeah, I know you didn't go with us to it, but uh, the Forbidden Door was pretty fun as well. But th- this one might have actually taken the cake. Um, a couple of those title changes were just absolutely incredible. And, uh, you know, we'll get into it. Um, but w- what did you think of uh, of all the wrestling events that you've been to? Was uh, was this on top for you? It's close. It's very close. Um, I know, right? I think, I don't really want to get into, like, thoughts yet but i would say that this is probably a candidate for pay-per-view of the year um i think top to bottom it's a really solid card with the worst matches on the card being good matches um and then i would say that for me there was about two or three five-star matches on the card um but yeah all in all in all great show i was my first pay-per-view i went to live um both aw wwe and pro wrestling in general um so really special uh you know leading up to it i mentioned a lot of times here on the podcast that it was going to be historic uh and it definitely was that um so yeah yeah absolutely um so well let's let's go ahead and get started man um you know we did our prediction show before uh on friday night uh after rampage what up miyaja welcome and uh, we're going to see who actually won the uh, Broken Tables Predictions Championship once we get to the end of this here. I, I have no idea who won, I'm going to be honest. Even though I wrote down the uh, predictions here, I still have no clue who came out the winner. This was a three-way dance between King Rome, myself, and Coach Nick. <laughs> nice. All right, so uh, Rome will be doing the tallies as we go through here. And Rome, go ahead and get us started with uh, the first match of Zero Hour. All right, so open up the to open up the Zero Hour. We had the ten man tag team match: uh, the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Rocky Romero, and their very evil, very mysterious partner uh, versus the Factory. Dude, this match was so fun. 
Um, the way that they had only the four members of the best friends and we didn't get, you know, to the, to the dark, mysterious, uh, evil character t- till the end there. Everybody should know by now that it turned out to be Danhausen. Um, but this seemed to be a different Danhausen. He had different entrance music. His cadences were a little different as well. And he had some like blood on his mouth. And I do think his face paint was slightly different, but I, I'm not positive on that yet. I'll have to kind of compare the two. Yeah, it was but, slightly different. So this felt to me as if Danhausen now has an actual second persona. So you know how they say very nice and very evil? I feel like this is the very evil version. We've been seeing the very nice version the entire time he's been here and he gets his ass kicked. I think this very evil version is a complete alternate, you know, like schizophrenia type thing. And it would be even better for me if the nice Danhausen doesn't remember what happens when the evil guy is in the ring. That would be one of the best things in the world to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought this was a really fun opener to a pay-per-view. Uh, putting this one out there on free, pretty much free everywhere. It was on YouTube um, to get people to buy in for the show. Uh, you know, it was great to see Orange Cassidy on the card. Like you said, Dan Halden with his special entrance and him just coming out with a different mentality, different mindset, um, different attitude. Thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm act- I'm one of those guys in the camp that thinks that QT does not suck. I think he's actually, he may not have the best matches, but I think he's got it all up here and he tells a really good oh, story. Yeah. And Absolutely. I-, I thought what ensued was a very fun, very exciting, very evil 10-man tag. Yeah, I, I loved this match. Uh, Danhausen was just the icing on the cake. He comes in and just wrecks house, destroys everyone, gets the pin. That was awesome. Uh, you know, after the match, he beats up QT Marshall, Marshall as well. Uh, I, I really enjoy this new Danhausen gimmick, and I hope they... I'm hoping it's not just his new personality. I hope it's a split personality, but I'll be okay with it either way, really. Um, so best friends and uh, Danhausen pick up the win here, and all three of us had the uh, best friends and Danhausen winning, so we all get a point. All right, and what was the second match of the night for Zero Hour? The second match for the Zero Hour was the World Title Eliminator Tournament semifinal: Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage. This match was amazing as well. You know, I've been waiting for this match for a long time. Ever since uh, Ricky Starks and Cage split up, and you know they had that little stint there, but it's been a long time that Cage has been gone, and I've been wanting to see him back in the ring with Ricky for a long time. And this was awesome to see live. Yeah, I mean these guys have a lot of chemistry, a lot of history. I mean that type of stuff, type of situation always leads to really good matches, and I agree. I thought this was also a really good match, uh, pretty strong. You can see that these guys, hey Purple, what's up? Uh, I can see that these guys have a lot of fun working together. Um, there's a spot that I saw. Um, so Brian Cage goes for the pin. Ricky kicks out. And Brian's kind of sitting there. Ricky's, like, laying behind him. Ricky just goes and just slaps him on the back of the head. <laughs> they, like, uh, yeah. Brian didn't sell it. There was, it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, a like a move to hurt. The Coog is returned. Good evening, Coog. He says, fantastic pay-per-view. Worth every oh. cent. Indeed. Completely agree, Mr. Krug. I, I couldn't have said that any better myself, actually. Worth every cent. Oh, we yeah. paid, what, 100 and something each for that? <laughs> yeah, a little over 100 for the tickets. Although, yeah. quick quick issue with the Prudential Center, right, Jeff? And you were there, and so was yep. we got to We got we to gotta talk about the Prudential Center real quick. How you doing, Jeff? 
I was doing all right until you mentioned this uh, Prudential Center thing. Now I remembered, you know. So a few things that kind of really bug me about the Prudential Center, and you might have some separate issues. I, I, these issues have nothing to do with AEW. They have strictly to do with the fact that it's fucking New Jersey. Okay. So Prudential Center, right? We, so we, we get there, and we decide we're going to get food, Jeff, right? So we go up to the to the food stand. How the hell do they have chicken tenders at the one stand and tater tots? And not French fries. Now the Prudential Center had French fries, but you had to go to the so, burger place to get the fries. You couldn't get the combo with chicken tenders, French fries, and a drink. You would have to get the chicken and the tots and the drink. Uh, you no. know, I know Purple for a fact is very upset about this. Um, you know, so I just wanted to mention it because I also was not the biggest fan. I, I settled for tater tots, but well, definitely. Bothered. Let me let me explain this a little more so people can actually picture this. So. It was basically one stand, right? There's one stand for food where everybody back there can walk the entire way. You know what I mean? Like there's no wall in between the two stands. One of them was cheeseburgers and French fries. And then the other one was chicken and tater tots. And they were literally standing right next to each other. And they could have just looked at each other and been like, can I get a French fry or can I get a tater tot? But they were like, no, you can't have the French fries with the, with the chicken. And it was just like, what on earth sense does that make at all? Like they were they were literally operating in the same kitchen. That that's what I mean. So like imagine going no to McDonald's. Divide. There was no divide at all. Yeah, imagine McDonald's telling you, sorry, you can't order fries with your chicken nuggets, like only with your cheeseburger. That's basically what happened. Right. It was um, so weird. And then my other issue, the the speakers hang a little low there, so it kind of blocked the screen for us in the one hundred level. Um, yeah, you can see sound, that in the videos. The sound not super good. You know, it's kind of crazy. Maybe I'm just spoiled being at good Philly venues where you can heal it, hear everything. But it's like, like I've been at the Wells Fargo Center. Their sound system's pretty damn good. You can hear anything the entire building. Um, but like there was a, there were a few times last night where we were in the Discord. Like, hey, coach, what did that promo say? Because didn't didn't couldn't fucking hear it. Yeah, so the Takeshita, when they announced that he had been signed, uh, we didn't hear a word of that. We had no idea what they said. Um, I think it it was some guy next to us was like, oh, hey, they signed Takeshita. That's what that was about. The um, Coog um, is asking, how many? what was the total number of broken tables? Well, we are going to reveal that later because that is our yep. bonus point. It um, is one of our bonus points, yep. All right, so... Um, Anyway. Again, for this uh, Ricky Starks match, uh, Ricky Starks did pick up the win after a really tough, you know, Brian Cage beating, like like always. That, that dude is, a, he is an absolute machine. Brian Cage is amazing. Uh, Ricky Starks picks up the win, and we all did pick Ricky Starks, so we all get a point. So my big issue here, right, and I mentioned it uh, on the Friday pod, I mentioned it on the Wednesday pod, it is such a missed opportunity. You had some time. Like, I guess they gave the next match enough time, but, like, you were, they were left with about 10 minutes on the zero hour to kill after the after the Eddie Kingston match. Just do the Ethan Page match there. Do it right after. Ethan came out. Have him be like, you know what, no, I want you right now. Come on, Ricky, take the challenge. Do it now. Ricky says, yeah, let's do it, and you do it, and you put Ricky Starks over because, as we know later in the night, there is now a need for very strong babyface characters to be ready for the main event scene. Um, and we are going to need that. So, I mean, I just, obviously it'll be okay. Ricky gets his challenge on Wednesday. I still would have done it tonight. I think, you know, you could have even done it where he gets like a fluke victory, like a roll up or something. I just, I would have had him work his way through both 
um, Brian Cage and Ethan Page tonight. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I do think that there may be some truth to the uh, the injury stuff with Ricky Starks, you know what I mean? So maybe that's possibly what is truthfully forcing this. But if it's not, I agree. This all should have been, we should have been seeing that Ethan Page match, you know? All right, so uh, we're all tied up here. Next match, um, I believe, was the Eddie Kingston and uh, the Akiyama. Yep, right? Eddie Kingston versus June Akiyama. Yeah. Uh, match for Eddie. Uh, really awesome match. Just just a really great match. You can tell this is Eddie's dream match. He said it was his dream match. You know, but prior to the pay-per-view, he said that uh, June Akiyama, amongst others, their tapes, their Japanese wrestling tapes, uh, saved his life. Uh, and it was extremely important. Uh, the Kook saying that Takeshita is a huge get for AEW. Guy is the future. Cannot wait for Takeshita versus Bandito. Dude, I can't wait for that match. That's a match I'm very oh. for. Um, that's going to be just crazy. Just a freaking crazy match. Um, but yeah, Takeshita, huge signing. Um, the guy's special. He's he, like, I don't know where he's going to focus his career i mean you know some guys do the states some you know he might go back to japan uh, i think he's going to be a top guy wherever he wherever he ends up yeah he's he's incredible and this match was uh, amazing here tonight i i love eddie kingston man um i don't know if you caught me but purpleness definitely caught me when eddie was crying dude it fucking got me bro i was oh, like yeah. trying to hide i was like oh yeah there's something in my eye uh but yeah no dude. i remember i saw that i took and then when uh when Judas and i were heading home so you know jeff did cry tonight <laughs> damn it <laughs> i don't know how you couldn't man that eddie kingston moment was that yeah. was intense man it was a really really good moment and to be there live for that was kind of special for me so yeah no, I, no, I, I really do completely agree with you i mean he's just it was so important to him so special to him um you could just tell i, I was also getting a little choked up it, it was a beautiful moment for him and he thanked everyone that was there um and you know eddie just yeah again it was just back and forth great match you know just it was a free match that they gave out you know you watch the other guys' pre-show and the other companies pre-show and they sit there and they talk for three hours and play the same three video packages yeah yeah you know you can't really compare the two um but yeah this is a great match the eddie kingston uh ends up picking up the win um but overall yeah I, i love this match i thought that this was Definitely the best match on the the zero hour, uh, but just all around the fantastic match. Yeah, it was great. That was great. All right, uh, was that it for the uh, zero hour? That was. Uh, who, that was. Yeah. Did everybody pick Kingston for this? Everybody did pick Eddie Kingston for that one. Yes, we all got a point for that one. Sorry, I almost thought it was like a given. <laughs> yeah. Purple saying she was talking to me about how emotional of a person Eddie Kingston was, and we looked over, and Jeff was crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, I'm a very like reserved. Like I get choked up a lot, but you don't see me like I I I'm, I like I won't shed the tears. I don't know why. I'm just a very reserved person. Like, but I get emotional. So yeah, you know, I'm not sure well how was... much of that was uh, caught on uh, camera. You know what I mean? Like. There was a good two minutes after the match where he was like making the crowd cheer for Akiyama, you know what I mean? And he got down and bowed to him. I'm pretty sure that was all on there because he also talked about like, hey, people at home, why aren't why have you bought this pay per view? Like, what's wrong? Okay. Um, it was it was great. Oh yeah, it was a great promo by Eddie post match. Uh, The Coog absolutely loved the respect Eddie paid to Akiyama at the end. 
Love when legends are respected. Same thing occurred when Penta borrow, bowed to Villano for uh, after taking his mask at Triple Mania last month. Absolutely. Ooh. Respecting the legends is important. I'm, gl I'm glad the Coog just reminded me by saying taking his mask here. I've been wanting to throw something out, and, uh, you know, it's amazing that the Coog is uh, now part of the check. For his, his answer is actually going to be one of the ones that I would like to hear the most. I've had an idea for a championship in kind of like the luchador division, if that makes any sense, of a golden mask. So, like, instead of wearing a belt or something like that, the, the champion wears a golden mask. And, like, that's the, you know, I just had the idea come to me one day, and it doesn't seem like that great, but I feel like it would be really cool if it was done right. Uh, I think the reason they wouldn't do that is because for a lucha, you know, luchador, your mask is so important it would be like wearing somebody else's mask so that's why i don't think they would do something like that that's just well you not... know how they like change the belts with the little plates on the side for well, certain yeah. people like maybe they got their own mask would be made golden or something you know and i don't know it just was something that popped into my head and i thought it'd be pretty cool i don't know i'd like to hear the kook song but i like i said to my knowledge i feel like the wrestlers would want to do their own masks because also if only yeah. one guy's mask can be gold then nobody else's mask can have gold on it i think that's true be... yep yep i got you that's just from an outsider's take, but yeah, no worries. I just, you know, just wanted to throw that out there before I forgot about it. Cause I've had it in the head for like a month. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so afterwards we get to the main car, the main pay-per-view for full gear. Uh, and we get a absolute banger of an opener. We get a steel cage match, jungle boy, Ooh. Jack Perry versus Luchasaurus. Um, so I think it was the Coog that said, this is going to be a bloody match. And I was kind of just like, Oh, maybe. And Sure enough, man. What what was it? Two minutes in. Yep. <laughs> that was why I, I loved this. It was amazing. The shot the shot that they got of Jack bleeding was just really well done, and it was also a really good job by them in the ring to get that that color coming out that way. I mean, they. I looked up on the screen for that shot because obviously they were doing it towards the other side of the ring, the hard cam. Um, and you could just see the blood literally just like pouring out very um very um what's the word i'm looking for meticulously uh and, and again great job to the cameraman for getting that shot of like the blood like dripping off the cage um it was wild how it went the way he was pushing his face into the cage it like dripped down his forehead and then it went over the metal of the the cage and then like back onto his face like it was i don't know if you could have done that better if you had a second try you know what i mean yeah um so for me this is um this was a five-star match. I thought that this was just an excellent, excellent match. Um, probably my favorite steel cage match. Um, it's definitely tied for the uh, Young Bucks Lucha Bros cage match from last year. Um, I think that was also full gear. Yeah, that was also full yeah. gear. Wow, wow, okay. Oh, man. Um, Kook said, never thought of that. Intriguing for sure. Love the idea, to be honest. They can wear the gold mask into the ring and take it off under their real mask. That's perfect. Yeah, have their real mask underneath. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that this match is just really just well done. Great story being told here between Jack and Luchasaurus. Uh, at some point, Christian Cage gets the keys uh, from the ref in a very comedic fashion, uh, unlocks the door, in which case the brawling you know comes outside the ring for a little bit. Um, they fought it out, and you know Luchasaurus ends up grabbing some chairs and a table and throwing them into the ring. Um, so I, interesting, Jeff, Jeff, I want to get your take on this because there was, um, there were some guys behind us 
uh, at Full Gear last night, and they very one of the guys very opinionated. I would I would describe him as um, somewhat of a little like a different thinker in a sense that like some of the traditional WWE norms. He was kind of like, well, why are they doing it this way? You know, when WWE does it this way. Yeah. Uh, and more than the cage, um, with the cage not meaning escape the cage to win. Yeah. Um, so obviously, I mean, we've talked about a little bit. I think that it's a fantastic idea. The idea of escaping the cage to win, I think, is kind of cheesy now. When I was a kid, I've I always hated it. Like, yeah, I was like, why would you get rewarded for running away from your opponent? I've never liked it. Yeah, or not even just that, but like, why? Like, you get into a steel cage because of like a rivalry. Like, there's a there should be a reason for the steel cage. So why would you turn you like you want to be put into a steel cage with your opponent? So why yeah. would you want in turn be like I got to get the fuck out of here? Yeah. Like the whole point of the cage match is that you're trapped in there with them and you're going to beat the crap out of each other. Um, the whole point most of the time it's to stop the heel from running away. Cuz every time like you know the heel does something dastardly and then runs away. Yeah. So it's like next time we're doing this in a cage where you can't run from me. And then it's like, well one of the ways you can win is to run from you. No, no. <laughs> I hate it. But yeah, I did hear the guys behind us talking. So as soon as they stepped out of the cage, he was kind of like, what the heck are they doing? He's like, they just ruined a cage match. And I said to myself, you know what? I bet you by the end of this, you're not going to remember that you even said that. You know what I mean? I kind of said that in my head. Yeah. And dude, after that match, he was like, oh my God, that was amazing. So yeah. I think they proved him wrong. Of the, He said that they ruined it. They proved him wrong. You know what I mean? No, definitely. Uh, I just thought it was funny. I remember it from last night. Obviously, we, we're doing this show without notes tonight because we were there. Um, but that was something that stuck out in my mind leading into that match and going through it. Um, so during this match, a uh, big noticeable spot because it does affect our predictions show. Uh, you know, Jack Perry and Luchasaurus are fighting. Jack Perry lays Luchasaurus out on a table. Jack climbs up to the top of the cage and drops an elbow on Luchasaurus, breaking the table. Uh, and also setting up for the snare trap, in which case Jungle Boy Jack Perry uh, picks up the win against Luchasaurus. Dude, I've been to quite a few wrestling shows now. I mean, quite a few is going to sound crazy to some people. It's like five or six, you know what I mean? I think I've been to like maybe five, six, or seven different shows, mm -hmm. two pay-per-views. This cage match, seeing a cage match like that live was completely different than seeing it on television, man. Like, that was... Watching him climb to the top, I've seen guys climb to the top of the cage on TV a million times, and every time I'm just kind of like, oh, man, that's crazy. Live, I legit had, like, butterflies in my stomach for him. I was like, oh, my God, I might see someone, you know, get injured. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was wild to see in person. Um, Did, did you feel like that? Oh, absolutely. I took a video and some pictures of it. I didn't – I don't – I don't like taking a lot of pictures and videos for like live events. Uh, I think I've told the story on the pod before, but I went to a Green Day concert once, uh, and Billy Joe, uh, the guitarist, lead guitarist and singer for Green Day, uh, he was like, "Everybody, put your fucking phones away. Like, be live in the moment. Like, you could literally Google my picture at this show, and it's on Google. Like, build the memory of looking at us, listening to our music, not looking at your phone, looking at us." Uh, yeah. I, that really always resonated me. So I don't take a lot of pictures or videos uh, at these events. And, but like that was something I really just felt the need to take a, a quick video of Jack being on top of the cage. Like I, I was like holding it kind of like this and watching it like this. Um, but yeah, the, the just really, really freaking cool moment for Jack Perry. 
um, you know, the media scrum that happened afterwards, he was kind of talking on there and, and you can see that growth of a character, you know, and he kind of helps, he kind of thanks Jim Ross a little bit for bringing out, you know, the Jack Perry name at first. He didn't seem like he didn't really like it, but now he understands and he doesn't want to just be jungle boy. He wants to be jungle boy, Jack Perry. Um, and it, you know, it's just the evolution of his character. This was a huge arc. Um, a really common theme for me, uh, last night was this felt like the ending of an arc in AEW's history. Um, you know, the last arc being, that's a really good way to put it. I like that. Yeah. It, it, like <laughs> last night was the ending of an arc. And now we're going to see on Wednesday, the beginning of the next arc of the company. Um, and Jack Perry is going to be a big, big part of this next, um, this next arc. Like he, he was talking about last night, the media scrum, he talks about, He's like, man, when I started, when I debuted in AEW, like I was like pretending to eat bugs out of people's hair. Like that's where I was. I was a, I was yeah. like a wild jungle boy. Um, I like and, how he was like, yeah, I, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> just the yeah. way he said that. Um, but so like there was just, there was some finality here. Even Jack says during the media scrum, he's like, I'm done with Luchasaurus. Uh, I still have to be Christian Cage when he comes back, but for now I can set my sights on something else. Um, yeah. So I thought that this was just fantastic. Uh, who... Did everybody pick Jack Perry for this, or what was Everybody the... did pick uh, Jack Perry, yes. Okay. Uh, now, real quick, before we get to our next match, um, I'm sure everybody saw me looking down at my phone here. I just got an alert from YouTube. The The Danhausen entrance video just passed 5,000 views. Nice. And it actually gets 30% of the people that see it to click on it. That's actually not bad at all. <laughs> oh, that's pretty damn good. Um, In the chat, let's catch up with the coog a little bit. He's saying uh, Jack Perry bled less than 10 minutes into the match. Jim yeah. Ross and Taz threw out an Iron Mike Sharp reference with Christian's arm sleeve. Love the historical connection there. That's great. That's the one thing about being there live that does kind of suck is you don't get the great work from the uh, the commentators, unfortunately. Um, Did Iron Mike Tyson get his nickname from Iron Mike Sharp? You know, I don't know. That sounds like something uh, you could I was going to say, that for. sounds like an, uh, a job for the Coog. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he reminds said, me of the, sorry, his name reminds me of the um, South Park uh, character with Cartman the Coon. <laughs> I love, that's like one of my favorite things in South Park. <laughs> uh, so the Coog also said, Jack Perry's drive, dive last night reminded me of Ray Fenix's dive at All Out last year when they won the titles from the Bucks. Oh, maybe it was All Out then that that last cage match was. Yeah. Um, big spots for the biggest shows. Exactly, man. Definitely. Um, that was actually on our way home. Juhas and I were talking about the amount of pay-per-view shows AEW does a year. And I was like, man, just leave it at four and do forbidden door to make it five. Like you don't need, you don't need to do, you know, a much of a pay-per-view every two months. Like let, let these big shows feel like big shows. And I think that that's four plus the forbidden doors. Really for big show. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Jeff's favorite wrestling. All right. What was our next matchup uh, after the Jungle Boy Jack Perry victory? Next up, we had the AEW World Trios Championship match, the Elite versus Death Triangle. Um, very eventful match. Number one, let's start with the entrance by the, the Elite. Fucking incredible. I've watched it three times since I got home, and I've played Carry On My Wayward Son literally seven times today. Um, you know... It's really funny that when we heard about that um, uh, that patent that they were trying to take out or copyright they were trying to take out on Wayward Sons, I was just goofing around being like, oh, they want that song. You know what I mean? I was like, it's going to be expensive. 
And then in Discord, I was like, oh, they dropped the copyright. They're, they couldn't afford the song. And Kansas let them use it anyway, dude. It was I was just like, I was joking. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so uh, funny thing is during the media scrum, they asked Tony Khan about it. And Tony Khan said, you know, sometimes they're really difficult. People are really difficult to deal with when you're trying to get rights to things. But he was like, no, Kansas was completely fucking cool. They they were really down for us using the song, and we, it was very pleasant to deal with them. Kansas, the band, actually tweeted today. He tweet they tweeted um, at the Young Bucks hashtag AEW, and then like the 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 buck emoji, like you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, that's cool. Yeah, so like even Kansas was like, yeah, man, it's fucking cool. And you know what? This entrance was so good, and it may be one of my favorite live entrances that I've ever been in a building for. I just there's a lot of emotion, and like I said, last night was setting a reset. I'm going to be saying that a lot in this pay-per-view review show, because like, it really is. This was the end of the arc. This is the next chapter, and you get the Elite back for the next chapter. Like, All Out happened. You know, I was talking to a buddy today, and All Out, like, he, he, he admitted, he's like, yeah, All Out kind of really, like, the, the Brawl Out really sucked it out of me, and I haven't been watching much. I'm keeping tabs. He checks us out here on the Broken Tables podcast. Um, but he's like, generally speaking, he's like, it, it's not like, I know it's good. I've just been kind of feeling like a little beaten down by it. Um, and I, I told him, I was like, man, you got to let that go. You got to let it go. And you got to move on. We all got to move on. Um, and the elite are back. Madu just saying, he's so glad the elite are back. Um, and it's just, yeah, special. Uh, Maduja also was asking, are they going to use the song theme from now on? Or is it just a one-off? So during the media scrum, uh, Tony was asked about it. And while talking about how great Kansas was to work with, uh, he said that they will probably use it again in the future, but it will not be an every week thing. Um, so maybe like every pay-per-view. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, the Coog saying, Death Triangle versus the Elite are eternal enemies. Uh, and they always deliver since day one in AEW 2019. Love them all. Kenny, Penta, and Fenix are the are his top three favorites in AEW. Yeah, man. Like that's just those are day one rivalries. You got Kenny and, and Pac, and you got the Bucks and the Lucha Bros. Um, just phenomenal. And tonight, that match or last night, excuse me, that match was just that's a five star match. That was just fucking incredible. I just I love that match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think those are um, <clears throat> I think those are Purpleness's top three as well. Uh, Jericho might push Penta out of there, but um, yeah, I think those are her favorites as well. Yeah, um, but so we got an excellent match out of this. Um, really recommend watching it if you haven't. It's just a fucking phenomenal match. Um, unfortunately, Pac finally gets through to Ray Phoenix, uh, and Ray Phoenix uses the hammer on Kenny Omega and picks up the win. Um, I I couldn't tell if Penta knew by the end of the match. Um, so that's, again, a, it's kind of a negative of being at a live show. You don't know, um, you don't have the commentators there to kind of give you some of these little, like, oh, we're pushing you in the right direction type things. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where Penta's going to stand with this, um, if Penta's going to turn heel as well, if he's going to do it too. Um, but, you know, uh, I thought that this was an excellent match. I didn't really agree with the finish at first, but then Tony fucking Khan, Jeff, this motherfucker, he really, we're sitting there towards the end of the show, and they show the, the Dynamite lineup for next week, and they announced that Death Triangle and the Elite are doing a best of seven series for the trio titles. And I'm just like... <laughs> so, 
yeah, yeah, your face is what it's going on inside my brain. Like, so a lot of times, like even with like, let's, I'm, I'm like mixing my words here. So you know how with Swerve, um, in our glory and the acclaimed, it's been three matches and everyone's pretty much saying like, listen, we need to be done with these guys. You know, that's the, the rubber match. We're good. These guys could wrestle a million times and every single time I'll be sitting there waiting for it. You know what I mean? Like the best of seven series, these guys have already wrestled probably five, five times since we've seen AEW become a thing. And I will, I will never ever get bored of these two trios facing each other in, in, in an AEW ring. Never. Yeah. There's something about a best of seven series in wrestling. You really need to have two guys or two units that are going to be able to go that distance because you are asking a lot of them. Um, they are going to be wrestling almost every week for the rest of the year, except for two weeks. Uh, the week before winter, uh, winter is coming, there's no match. And then the week of Wrestle Kingdom, there's no match. There's a reason for that, which I will talk about. Oh, you know, actually right now is a good time. Kenny Omega has fucking challenged Will Ospreay for the IWGP US title uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. Dude, that was one of the coolest freaking videos that I have ever seen. I'm going to try to find that and see if we can play it. Oh, I don't know if I can play it, actually. Yeah, no, nah, never mind. If you want if you want to see it. Socials, go to New Japan socials. Yes. Uh, Kenny cuts 90% of the promo in Japanese. It's just the fucking badass. Just so badass. There's the coach. The coach made it. He, he's here. Coach is here for his title match. He's He's made it. He is in the building. Yeah, what up, Coach? Well, um, we are all tied at the moment. Um, I don't know how many points we all have, but we are tied, correct? Uh, yeah, we're tied four apiece right now with one broken table on the night so far. Yes, um, one broken table. Just one broken table. Uh, uh, you got so lucky. <laughs> all right, now, um, with this uh, one, uh, we, did, I, we did announce the winner of this, right? Yeah, so we did announce that uh, Death Triangle won. Uh, what were the picks for this? So, Rome and Coach Nick both had the elites. I myself had chosen Death Triangle to retain. And I, I even said, I was like, I'm pretty sure Pac's going to hand the hammer to Fenix and he is going to use it. Uh, I'm not asking for any extra points or anything, but. <laughs> no, I understand. Um, yeah, Coach, yeah, hang out with us, see who wins, and then go back and catch the beginning of the show. It was a pretty good start to the show. Oh, it's perfect timing. Um... I, just, I just jumped into the lead, Coach. Yeah, he just he just jumped. It's okay. There's still plenty of matches to go. We're not done yeah. yet. Um, Purple saying that she's liking Kenny a lot. Hasn't gotten to see him wrestle much because he was out most of the time when she was watching AEW. Yeah, well, Kenny Omega is fantastic. Yeah, is I'll actually him? make something for you to see, Purple. I'll go get some of his uh, Wrestle Kingdom matches against Okada and Jay White. Oh, jeez. The main event is also Jay White versus Okada. I, I might... I might have to like. I might want. I might buy a new Japan paper. It's, That's gonna be great. nuts, dude. Uh, yeah. I mean, FTR is expected to be there. Um, coach says, "Got to stop <laughs> picking with my heart." No, so coach, I'll argue this right. I, I are. I would say that if they weren't doing a best of seven series, the elite winning would have been the way they would have went here. Um, but doing the best of seven series, that's why. So I don't think you made a bad pick. Like, I don't think it was a bad head pick. I, I don't no. think so. Um, but yeah, this is an excellent match, and we are going to get the next match, match two, on Wednesday on Dynamite. Oh, wait, so that was considered match one? Yeah, so that match oh. was match one. So Death Triangle has a one-match lead over the Elite. 
Okay. 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 That what that's okay. That that's what makes this loss make sense for the elite. All right. Perfect. No worries. Exactly. If anything, Jeff, you were the one that was picking with your heart, and you just happened to luck into a point. No, if I was picking with my heart, I think I would have gone with the elite, man. I was waiting for them to come back. I think, remember what I said is like, it seems too predictable for Tony to just hand them the belts back. That's kind of what I was going with. But, all right, I'm up by one amazing match. I, I can't say that enough. That was, that might have been my match of the night, man. Like, seeing that in person, I'll remember that forever. Yeah, again, that was a five-star match. That entrance had me. The way you got emotional with the Eddie thing, I was getting emotional with the Elite because it's just like, man, I, yeah. I just this this company AW, it's given me so much as a fan and gives me so much enjoyment, and you know, I feel like it respects my time. And I've said it a million times, it's it's the wrestling promotion made for me. Uh, it, you know, if God took a wrestling promotion and just made it and took the pieces of the wrestling world and threw it together, like this is about as good as it gets. And so, like, for to see the Elite back in AEW was just fucking special uh the bucks i'm very excited to announce that the bucks uh on instagram revealed that they will be returning uh bte will be returning tomorrow at noon so get fucking hyped for that oh yeah i love bte very much oh i can't wait for bte i've been waiting for weeks for that (laughs) yeah me too that was a big loss to my monday routines all right Let's see here. Next up, we had the TBS Championship match, Jade Cargill versus Nyla Rose. All right. So this is probably the one match of the night that I was most disappointed in. Um, Purple's actually a big Jade fan, and she even said to me, she was like, that was not a good match. (laughs) And I was like, no, it wasn't. (laughs) But... It was okay. Um, she got her belt back. She looked incredible as uh, Chitara from Thundercats. It was kind of funny because everybody around us was like, uh, "Who is? She? What is she dressed as?" And like, it just it hit me for some reason. I was like, "Oh, she's Chitara from Thundercats." Uh, that was an amazing cosplay. It was the knee but, pads. You were looking at the knee pads. We yes, the knee pads. I saw the Thundercat symbol. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. Because we, we were both talking about it, trying to figure it out. I was like. I don't know, orange, yellow. Uh, like it looks like she has black spots on her thighs. Uh, and then we both saw the knee pads. I was like, "Is yeah, I think that's the that's the Thundercats. So she must be Chitara." Because um, yeah. then I put it together where I was like, "Oh yeah, because Chitara has the black spots on her her thighs yeah. as well." Because um, she's a cheetah. But yeah, the Coog just said it. That entrance for Nyla and Vicky was right out of Eddie Guerrero's. You know wheelhouse that was really cool marina shafir had the cholo shirt on the you know the black and white flannel with the one button up at the top (laughs) it was they they they, uh they put some thought into it and it was really 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 good yeah so again special show a lot of there was a lot of great moments that i'll remember for a long time and i just thought you know having vicky come out on a low rider like (laughs) see i don't want to get i don't want to be the one that gets emotional this time um, I'm getting a little choked up thinking about it because, you know, when Eddie passed all those years ago, um, man, I'll never forget that day. I was so devastated that day when he passed. Um, I found out at school, like I was in middle school, uh, and it sucked because so we were, my friends and I, we were really good friends with one of the teachers because uh, he was like a younger teacher. And like, so he was like in, he was like cool. He was a cool teacher. He was in all like video games and stuff that the kids were into. So we were actually able to like eat lunch in his, in his, uh, in his office or in his room. Uh, we would just go on the school computers during our lunch break. 
And like I remember just going on on WWE.com because that's what I did in sixth grade. Uh, you know, and they were like, "We're sorry to announce that Eddie Guerrero's passed," and I was just like, "This can't be real. Oh, this can't be fucking real." So, um, and I just remember. I will admit. I will admit this. Back when I was a huge uh, WWE mark as a little kid, I actually watched Sunday Night Heat like oh, yeah. every Sunday night with my oh, dad. I and I remember having a specific conversation with him. He was like, uh, Eddie Guerrero, you know, he died. And he's like, he's not going to be there tonight. And he was like my favorite dude at the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And oh. he was, I he believe he was having a main event on Sunday Night Heat. I don't remember against who or anything, but like, no, it was, was like it this. Was a I think it was a paper. Was, I thought it was before a Sunday night heat. He was scheduled for um one of those Sunday night heat things. No, I he never showed a but... SmackDown, I think. If I recall correctly. If some if somebody could look it up real quick and fact check. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he no he no showed a SmackDown. It was either a SmackDown or a paper. No, Chris Benoit was a pay-per-view. Chris Benoit yeah. no showed a pay-per-view. Eddie, no, Eddie was on SmackDown. He was supposed he was to Eddie... be on so yeah. Yeah, he was, I think he was supposed to be at the pay-per-view, but he died Saturday morning. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he passed but, away yeah, after. I, I just remember my dad telling me, and I was just kind of like so sad. Yeah, yeah, you know, all around it doesn't. You know, the details are the details, but it was it sucked. But to see Vicky come out with the "I'm Your Mommy" shirt in a low rider, you know, like that just that really tugged at the heartstrings, and that that was really fucking cool. Uh, I I thought Nyla's entrance was really cool when she had the Assassin's Creed gear on. You know, I'm just gonna say it, Marina Shafir, the Chola look. Fucking fantastic! I was like, she yeah, I thought it was great. great. <laughs> I thought she looked amazing. I was like, can Marina Shafir change her gimmick a little bit to just be this? Yeah, if people wouldn't, you know, be like, oh, cultural appropriation or whatever, I think it would be great. I, I would, I would be perfectly fine with it. <laughs> I don't think it's a great look for oh, um, Yeah, absolutely. Coach Nick says, by the way, Jeff just got our first dub in Warzone. Come on, bro, you're out there getting them without me. I got mine the other day too. I was, I was. Super hype. I'm going to tell the story tomorrow because tomorrow is the Game Room podcast yeah, where yeah, we yeah. will be reviewing Modern Warfare 2. So I'm going to save the story. Yeah. Um, I'm your mommy throwback to when they said Dominic was their kid. <laughs> well, it was the throwback to the I'm your poppy shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is what Coach said. Um, yeah, I do remember those shirts that Eddie wore. That was really cool. He's like, I'm your poppy. Orale. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the entrances were fucking awesome. I thought this match was fine. Like, I didn't have, like, is it the worst match on the card? Yeah. Um, but I didn't really yeah. have an issue with it per se. I thought that the match that they, the story they told worked. Um, it was all about Jade kind of getting back at Nyla for all of the trolling and all the shit she's been giving her. Um, I would have liked to have seen, you know, like you said, the match could have been a little bit better in some places. I think Nyla maybe getting a little bit more offense would have been great. Um, but you know, for what it was, I was fine with it. I had such a good time with the entrances themselves that that for me that actually elevated the match a little bit. So I'm cool with it. It was fine. Yeah, it could have definitely been better. That's all I can say. <laughs> Madhu just said, "Wait, was that Marina Shafir? I didn't even. Yeah, it was. It was Marina Shafir. <laughs> it was a good look. I actually saw it. Also, I think either I think Nyla tweeted it that like later in the night when we were when I was driving, we were." When Jew House was driving us home, I was looking on Twitter and I saw it. I was like, that's a, that's a great picture. She looks really, that's a good look for her. <laughs> Instead of like the hoodie where she's like all like. Mm. Yeah, you know. Like, she's I, not Shayna Baszler, that's all I'll say. She looks more intimidating and looks more like she could fuck you up. 
like the like last night. Like she just looked. Yeah. She's trying to do like this Shayna Baszler thing, and she just doesn't have that that mean look face to pull that off. You know. Right. Yeah, I can agree with that. And that um, music, dude, I I don't know what it is, but that just a violin playing for somebody who's supposed to be all angry and tough looking, like that makes no sense to me. The violin's not a problem. I don't think the violin is, is the problem with the problem. I don't think that's a problem. It just, to me, I'm like, she could use something better, <laughs> you know? No, what she's going for is she is going for that traditional, classic, straight-laced, I'm just going to fucking fight you like and just mess you up. Yeah, like, I I like the music. I think the music's fine. I just I I, I just want to see her work on her overall presentation a little bit. But I think she's good. Yeah. She definitely has the bone. Like the foundation for really good work is there. She definitely has talent. Yeah, and that's a good point by the Coog that you know they had to follow that Death Triangle Elite match. You know, and that's yeah. tough for anybody to follow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's another thing you got to kind of take that into account. I mean, I think that for oh, example, yeah. I think the acclaimed versus um swerving our glory took a huge hit for being that where it was on the card too i still thought it was a good match but i think i was out of it <laughs> i was gassed okay coach says uh she didn't have the violin last time i actually must have missed that okay okay uh the kooks has agreed with coach jade had to work hard to win this match little adversity is always good i, I completely agree um but yeah all around i thought it was fine um didn't really have too many issues with it what did uh who picked who for this? I feel like I already know. All right, so it looks like all of us chose Jade, so we all get a point for this one. All right, so Coach and I have five points, Jeff. You have six points. Maintain the lead for now. All right, next up. Next up is the four-way dance for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho versus Claudio Castagnoli versus Sammy Guevara. Um man, another one. This was another excellent match. I just thought this was just so good. Such a great match. Love the storylines being told here. Love the dynamic. You got, you know, you think you got Chris and Sammy working together against Claudio and Danielson and you think that's going to hold up. Eventually it doesn't. Sammy gets tired of kind of doing what Jericho wants him to do. Uh the final straw for Sammy was Jericho hits a uh, a lion salt on I believe Danielson and Sammy um and, you know i mean he just didn't need care that sammy was there he just wants to hit the move and get the win um purple said i just want to remind everyone when this podcast started i said jade was going 50 and 0 lol dude she did bro we could probably go back to like episode like two three or four yeah and remember the one remember the one where we were doing the uh the rankings the uh, tier lists and we put her in a and purple was all angry saying she should be in the s I believe that's when she said she was going 50, you know, and I do, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Jade needed more time to get there. I, I don't, I don't know if Jade's quite, like, Jade's very close now, if not. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but this four way dance, man, just an excellent match with a lot of great stories being told. Eventually, like I said, Sammy gets tired of Jericho's shit and they start fighting. Sammy kind of looks like he's about to pick up the win on a few occasions um in which case claudio and danielson kind of shut him down and then they fight for a little bit uh just all around a great four-way dance um let's check out what chat is saying maduja saying jericho's killing it with this title uh maduja also said i wouldn't mind if he held it for a whole year purple yeah. said s class uh the coog said great four-way match everybody was for themselves and i loved it um 
coach is also right though. If Statlander never got hurt, Jade's run would have probably been done. Um, yeah, it's probably true. But yeah, Jeff, I, I absolutely love this match. Um, what did you think of this match? I thought this was incredible. Uh, it had one of my favorite moments um, in a match for quite a while here. When Claudio Castagnoli and Danielson realized that they were both in the ring together and they had just kicked the shit out of both of the other guys, they kind of looked at each other, they shook each other's hand, and then they just beat the living crap out of each other in a freaking hockey fight. That that was one of my favorite moments in this whole pay-per-view. I absolutely loved that spot right there because, you know, I mean, I think Danielson's one of your favorites. He's definitely one of mine. Like, that's just, it was so awesome to see that. <laughs> Now, uh, Jeff, it would seem that, uh, you know, if I recall correctly, uh, I think this match is so far on par with everything I said would happen. Um, and I think it might, might still be leading to everything I said will come to pass. Um, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, Chris Jericho picked up the win here. Um, yes, he did. So he, let's see, it looks like Jericho. Who did he beat specifically? Let's see. I think it was Claudio, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Claudio. Jericho pin, uh, beat Claudio after a Judas effect while Claudio was swinging Sammy. Uh, really cool finish. Um, uh, what about the points, Jeff? Let's talk about the points. Who picked who? All right. So, Rome, you had chosen Chris Jericho. So you are getting a point for this one. Coach Nick and myself both chose Sammy Guevara. So uh, looks like you and I are now tied and Coach is one behind us. Yep, still plenty of game, though. Still plenty of game. Yeah, absolutely. We're tied up. I'm not too worried. I'm talking more about the coach. Coach is behind, so he, he's he got he's got opportunities, though, I think, coming up. Uh, but, yeah, this is an excellent match. Just another great match on the card. I would say this is pretty damn close to a – I would say it's like a four, four and three quarters. Like, it was very good. Very, very, very good match. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next up, we had the returning Soraya. Uh, versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Uh, Coach Nick said, I thought Sammy was still going to sneak it out. <laughs> oh, Coach, they, they, they faked us out so good. Like, what we said was going to happen was so close, but then kicked out. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Soraya versus Britt Baker. Um, this is, again, another special moment on the card tonight. Uh, Soraya's first match back oh, in years, almost like a decade um almost eh, not a decade like eight years i think um the kooks i cannot wait for jericho versus roosh eventually yeah. as roosh is a former two-time ring of honor champion yeah that's gonna be wild um this is uh this was a really good match for soraya i mean she seemed a little uh she seemed like she got a little gassed at certain points but it's she her did. first match in eight years i'm not gonna hold it against her um not yet anyway but no, I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a great match to see her back. I thought she looked great. I thought Britt looked great in the match. Just all around a, a great match. You know, I heard some people saying it was a little slow. And I'm like, listen, it's her first match back after five years. She had a devastating injury. They had to kind of sort of take it slow to make sure that they were doing everything safely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they did some spots that shocked the hell out of me that they even did. Like when Britt... I don't even know what that's called, but where she hung her off the apron to the outside and did a, like a twisting neck breaker thing. I would have never in a million years imagined that that move would have been something they were going to do after her injury and all of that stuff. Like if you had any doubts that she couldn't take bumps and stuff like that, that one right there 
that wiped it all right out of my mind. I was like, oh, okay, she's fine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's that was a big point in this match, I feel like. And, you know, the story that they told was special, was just, it was something special. I mean, Britt kept working that neck at every opportunity. She did neck breakers oh, on wow. the apron. She was legitimately uh, forearming and elbowing Britt in the back of her neck. Um, but just in general, um, just something special. Um, Maduja couldn't hold back his tears when Soraya won. Um, Coach can't said, can't get that in-ring stamina until you do it a couple of times. Exactly. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Um, the Coog said, don't know if you could see it, but Soraya got a little emotional when she heard the crowd reaction. Uh, yeah, yeah, we saw. I, I did hear that. Um, or I did notice that. I saw it. And yeah, again, just a really big, just a really big moment. And just another big moment on a whole card full of huge moments. Um, and just, yeah, I thought she was great. And, you know, she ends up picking yeah. up the win. Um, awesome awesome match i was absolutely shocked that they let soraya come in here and beat their top well one of their top w women here um i mean i'm i'm okay with it i i, I don't think no wait i am not okay with it hold on i'm not okay with this <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, who made, what were the picks, Jeff? Just say what the goddamn picks were. Oh, okay, were. I'll definitely say the pick. You definitely yeah. chose Soraya, and Coach Nick and I both chose Britt. Um, the extra points on this were both having to do with Sasha, so that's out of the picture there. So yeah. you do get your point to take the lead. Um, I'm not okay with this, man. We got... I don't want to call her an outsider, but... We have someone who is going to be looked at as, you know, a WWE person... Who coming cares? over that's not fair why do you why do the like okay hold on i'm gonna rant for a second here All right, go ahead. Really, it really bothers me that like it doesn't matter where you used to work like yes you can take note of that yes you can do that and obviously homegrown talent is important you need to do that it's like any good sports team you need to yeah. draft well right let's like let's look at the eagles right you need to draft well you need to go out and draft those Devonte smiths but you know what's really fucking great? Trading for AJ Brown. <laughs> okay, like, yeah. like you can't. Now, this like, is okay. There to Soraya. Like Soraya has been wrestling. Like when she got into wrestling, WWE was the place to be. That's just factual. I can't, you can't argue it. Even when it was a bad product, it was the top out. Like it's you know it's still by the numbers the top company in 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 the industry. So it's like you can't just be like, all right, Soraya, you need or Paige, whatever at the time, you need to sit out for like ten years because AEW is coming in twenty nineteen, and that's what you need to do. Like no, like that's not fair. It's just not. So I think I may have like I, I didn't really finish here. So the reason I'm so upset with this is these dudes on Twitter are going to run with this so hard, being like, oh look, Soraya. Wasn't even that good in WWE. Now she's coming over here and beating their top star. And I'm just like, I don't want to have to hear that shit. Like, can I give I'm, you I'm, a rebuttal? You know, I, I was going to save this, you know, in case I won tonight. I don't know if I'm winning or not. Can I give you my rebuttal to those people on Twitter? Yes. Oh, shit. The sunglasses are back. Fuck them. Don't give a fuck what people on Twitter say. <laughs> that was awesome. Don't give a shit. All right. So Rome has taken the lead. Um, yeah, the that was a very emotional moment. It got me too. I think Purple just said it the best in chat. She said she had a feeling because she comes from a wrestling family and we know she's capable of it. That's actually a good point. You know, if we know she's capable of it, 
we we don't really want to just ignore that because she's from the E. I, I get it. I get it. Coach says it best. People are working for the top company. AEW is only three years old, so people gotta come from from where? LOL. Twitter people are morons. Completely oh, agree. Like horrible. it's just it's like AEW's brand new and like like it's it's three years old. We're we're in year four right now. Like, what do you want them to do? Just hire? Like, I hate to break it to you, Jeff, but like no matter how good these people are, that no one knows. If AEW didn't have Jericho or the Bucks or Cody or anyone else of note, like if they didn't get JR to do commentary, if it was just Excalibur, and I think they even had Alex Marvez early doing commentary. If you had Excalibur and Alex Marvez, like, yes, Excalibur is fucking incredible, but like you need someone to bridge that gap to get you in the door. You know, like JR is winding down. You know I mean? Shivani's still there, but you have guys now who like, you know, and granted Taz did it for a few years, but you have Taz and Excalibur getting ready to fucking do the top comp tier commentary work for like the next 15 years, probably Excalibur, probably longer. So like, yeah. you know, it's just like they, these guys got to come from somewhere. You know what I mean? Like WWE stole people from WCW, like which in turn WCW stole people from WWE. Like, and, yeah. and vice, like you could go all the way back to the beginning of the sport. It's just the way it is. So it's like, that's a good point. It's just I just the way don't it like is. the argument. It's just a dumb argument. It's like, oh, well, they're a WWE person. Like, who cares? Like, yeah. You know, judge them off their merits. It's all I'm asking. Jesus. All right. Anyways, I'm in the lead now. Yes. Roma's taking the lead. I have. Uh, good match, though. Good match. Really Next up, we have the TNT. Oh, hold on. We have Coach saying, oh, yeah, I would never have tuned in if there wasn't a couple WWE guys. That's how I knew it. It was legit when they had names like Jericho, JR, Kazarian, Daniel, Christopher Daniels, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. True. True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't name Cody for a reason. Yeah. Fuck Corey Paths, man. Hate that guy. I'm on. I'm just, I'm fired up tonight, Jeff. I'm fucking. I don't know if you guys can see, but up here is Kenny Omega hitting Cody with a chair. I know. I saw that on the Discord. It's great. Next up, we have the TNT Championship match. Wardlow versus Samoa Joe versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, big, meaty men. Great match. Oh, man. This, uh, this was actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, Wardlow doing that crazy, it was like a whisper in the wind or something. I don't know what, what he calls it. I haven't heard him say anything other than just, uh, oh my God, did a, you see that? It's what? called a Wardlow in the wind. Oh, it is. Okay. A Wardlow in the wind. That's great. He pulled that one. Perfect. Landed on his feet, took both of them out like that. This dude is incredible. His athleticism is insane. Um, I'll just go ahead and say it. None of us, uh, Picked what was actually... Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, yeah. None of us uh, picked this one. None of us picked the winner on this. We, some of us had uh, the, the, the winner as who got pinned. So we were all we were all extremely incorrect on this one. Oh, yeah. uh, I had Wardlow and you and Coach Nick both had Powerhouse. Mm. Um, well, so Samoa Joe. Oh, Samoa sorry, Joe. What's that? No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Samoa Joe is now the fourth Samoan dis, uh, person of Samoan descent to be a double champion in wrestling currently. Uh, we have Roman Reigns, and we have the Usos, and now we have Samoa Joe, double champion. Right, so the coup coming off the top rope with an elbow right on the Jeff's chest. He says, why do so-called fans forget that WWF slash WWE is not the beginning of wrestling? 
EMLL, CMLL in Mexico began in 1933, a full 42 years before WWF was born. Wrestling is worldwide. Juhas says, I did. Oh, yeah. Juhas picked Samoa Joe, apparently, in this, in this, in this crazy prediction thing. Yeah. So, funny thing with Juhas, right? So, I meet up with him after, you know, I said bye to you last night because I was riding with Juhas. Yep. I meet up with him, and Juhas was like, oh, I should win the championship. I picked all the right winners. So, I'm like, <laughs> where are your picks? And then he blamed you, Jeff. As, as the commissioner, he blamed you, um, oh. which I have nothing to do with that. I am not involved. That's between you and him. Um, but, well, you know, we'll see what If happens. it is true that he uh, picked all these winners, there's a good chance that he may be um... – you know, a number one contender in the future. So perhaps, perhaps. Uh the Kook saying Joe was winning was not on his bingo card. Uh coach agrees with Maduja. I'm actually looking forward to seeing Joe with this title. Coach said Coog, the man come in with the best old school knowledge. Absolutely. Coog's killing yeah, it. Absolutely. And I, I heard a lot of people for this match were saying the only reason Joe was in the match was to take the pin. And I was like, well you were wrong. <laughs> so was See, I Joe said, Juha said, messaging Jeff wasn't worth it. Hey, man, if um, you would have been, you know, it's all good. It's all good. We'll get you in. A, you, 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 you'll be in soon. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, so this match kind of ended the way I predicted it, but like swap Samoa Joe and Hobbs. Like, like I even told you after the match, the way that it went down was like literally like perfectly what I thought was going to happen. It just was flipped. Yeah, just flipped. <laughs> Um, yeah, Joe's finally healthy. You got to get your money out of him. That's a good point. Yeah, Maduja saying there was a wrestling company in Brazil called Telecatch, and it was broadcasted in the 60s. Hey, I love that we got people from all over the world, man. Shout out yeah. to everybody in all your different countries, France, Brazil, America. I think we got Madagascar. I know that's one of our Hell yeah. top on the uh, list there. It's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, this was a great match uh, with Joe winning. He defeated Wardlow and Hobbs to win the TNT Championship. Yeah, I was shocked. I was, I really was. Like, I predicted. I think I really felt like, and I guess we're still going in that direction. I thought this was going to lead to a final battle, Ring of Honor television title match um, between Joe and Wardlow, um, and it could still go that way. But two belt Joe, man, love to see it. Just a- absolutely excellent. Yeah, absolutely. And you said no points for this, correct, Jacob? No points. Yeah. Yep. All right. Next up, we have a match that I did not know was no DQ, no count out. And I almost had a heart attack because of the tables. Yeah. But a no DQ, no count out match. Sting and Darby Allen versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Um, and this was another one that I fucking love this for what it is, for what, like, it's just great. Excellent match. Dude, this had one of the craziest spots I've ever seen in it. Darby Allen goes for a coffin drop. And Jeff Jarrett explodes a fucking guitar across his back. Seeing that in person and hearing it, like, I heard it, and we were, we were up there. I, my jaw was just in my, my mouth was just open. I didn't go like, oh my God, I didn't do, I just, I was just like, what did I just see? <laughs> that was insane. Yeah, uh... <laughs> It was a crazy match with a bunch of crazy spots. Sting diving onto Satinum, and, like, I got scared for a second because the way he landed, it looked really bad. But Sting, you know, just being a fucking 65-year-old guy is like, you know what, I'm just gonna... I'm gonna do everything Darby does. Like, oh, okay. Just 
absolutely bonkers out there. Um, again, special moment. You got Jeff Jarrett and Sting in the ring together fighting. That was really freaking cool. Um, the match itself was awesome. A lot of fighting all over the place. This was another one of those matches, like, first time live kind of thing where it's like, oh, shit, we really got to follow. Where's Sting? Where's Jeff? <laughs> like, I know you, me, and Purple were, like, constantly like, oh, where's this person? Where's this person? We're, like, trying to figure out where everybody was. Um, and a lot, a lot of fun, a lot of fun in this match. Um, yeah. You know. Real quick, I want to ask the Coog if he's joined the Discord, man. I would love for you to send me some links to some old matches from like these Japanese and Mexican promotions. I'd love to be able to see some stuff from that you would recommend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you know, other than that, I mean, the entrances were great. This was an all around great match, really well put together, a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, Again, this is another one for what it was. Like this is like a high four. It's just it's a really strong card. Um, and on other cards, this could take match of the night for its own reasons for the style that they did. Yeah. Um, but this yeah. was very very good. But I feel like I should have. I feel like I should have wore my Jeff Jarrett uh, cosplay for the pod since I wore it to the show. Jeff, look, man, it was terrible. Don't 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 get it twisted. It was terrible. I I understand. <laughs> Yeah, it just, it wasn't a good cosplay. No. Nobody in the entire, at no point did, I don't think anybody was like. No. There was a couple dudes that did behind me. But, no, you know. I remember you turning around saying, you know, Jeff Jarrett. No, I, I, I tilted my hat to him and he was like, oh, he's got the hat. What's up, Jeff Jarrett? So I like tilted my hat to him. Yeah. The coup's going to make you a list, Jeff. Yeah, definitely share yeah. that. Would love to see that list. Um. But so, yeah, this was a great match. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen defeat Jarrett and Lethal. Uh, Jeff, what's uh, what's going on with the points here? Who picked who? All right. So um, you and Coach Nick both predicted uh, Steve, uh, Steve, Sting and Darby Allen. Isn't his real name Steve? I don't know. I think it is. I'm not sure. But uh, you guys both predicted uh, Sting winning. Uh, I did predict the predict the team of Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. So both of you guys receive a point, and I do not. All right, so currently the standings are me and Lee with eight, and uh, Coach and Jeff tied with six. <laughs> Juha says they didn't even want to boo you. Dude, there was some guy in the hallways freaking out that Mox lost. He was like, he was like, Moxley got fucked. Moxley got fucked. And I looked at him, and I was like, Jeff Jarrett got fucked. And he looked me dead in the eyes, and he was like, fuck Jeff Jarrett, man. <laughs> that shit was so funny, dude. I started laughing my ass off. Oh, man. Dude, he looked me dead in the face. He's like, fuck Jeff Jarrett. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, shit. Next up, we have the AEW Interim World Women's Championship match. Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. This is another banger. This is another great. This so good. So good. Um, Just an excellent match all around and another great moment. Like, it... Like this pay per view is special, not just because a lot, like almost all of the matches were great to excellent, but just because, like, it's just special moments. There's just moments in time, like, like you know, WWE has the fortune of like having 50 years plus to work with this. Like they do the opening where it's like the then now forever, and they have all these really cool moments in it, and like. There was like multiple tonight where like you could see any of these moments in like that eight when AEW is like 
10 years old and they're celebrating a 10th year anniversary and they start having those types of little video packages where it's like the legacy of AEW. What is AEW? You're going to see like a bunch of uh, full gear 2022 on that video package. Just like a lot yeah. of cool stuff. Um, and to see Jamie Hayter come out and, and win this match, uh, win the women's title, regardless of whether it's interim or not, um, we have a, a what's proclaimed as a hot take coming in from Maduja. Um, might be a hot take, but this is, in their opinion, the best women's match in AEW history. Um, it's definitely up there. Yeah, absolutely. What um, comes to my mind is Britt and Thunder Rosa. Uh, both yeah. of the big matches from them. Um, the bloody match, for yeah. sure. Sheeta versus Nyla at Double or Nothing. Uh, when Sheeta won the title off Nyla, that was also excellent. Um, we've definitely had some great matches. Uh, you know, sprinkle Riho in there. Uh, I think I recall a really good Riho versus Serena Deeb match. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah I think oh, yeah. it was a pre-show for. It was at one of the pre-shows for one of the pay-per-views last year. They had a really good match. Um, but yeah, they're there. But to to your credit, yeah, I don't think it's a hot take at all. I think it's a very very good match. Yeah, um, it's like we like we just said that's gonna be my number two match of all time uh, that I can think of in my head. Uh, but Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, the bloody the bloody match to me takes the cake. Which one, the lights out or the cage match? The cage match with okay. the yeah. Okay. No, it's a great pick. I mean, they're both they're both they're both five star matches. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I thought that this match was excellent, and then Jamie finally picking up that win. Pleasant surprise of like Britt being about Jamie winning the title. I thought that was really cool, um, and very really unexpected. I mean, honestly, because what we know of Britt as a character, and obviously this could change um, in time. But you know, just to see Britt and, and and Rebel just be like, no, this is Jamie's night. This is Jamie's. Yeah. I just thought that was really fucking cool. Me too, you know, and a lot of us thought that Britt was going to cost Jamie the title shot, and that's how they were going to jumpstart the, you know, the feud between Jamie and Britt. Yeah. But no, nah, actually, they went the opposite way, and uh, I think I think we're going to enjoy this more. I think eventually Britt's going to become the jealous friend and, you know, take her out and try to, she's going to want the belt back, you know? Yeah, so. maybe eventually, but, like, just for tonight, just, oh, like, yeah. just giving it the, the moment to breathe, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And awesome. the way she hugged her, like, oh, it was great. This was such a great moment. And the crowd, dude, Jamie Hayter. Okay, they have never truly tried to push her. This is the most organic rise to, you know, stardom I have ever seen. And it is all on her. They didn't try to make her a superstar or anything. It just happened. And I love it when that happens. I would argue Thunder Rosa had a similar rise. I mean, regardless of how people feel about her now. Um, but I would say they tried to push her. They were trying to make her a star. I think I think that happened after the, the Lights Out match and that beginning of the feud. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know about that because at the time it was Brit's, it was Brit's division. Yeah. So, but, I mean, uh, just the way, that she, the, the way that she's become so over with very little effort you know, on AEW's booking part, like this was, this is incredible for her. I'm so happy for Jamie Hayter. I'm saying is, man, right now, I, or, you know, at least last night, he probably still is. I know triple Pinocchio, Pinocchio Paul, he's like punching at the air because he knows he lost the Booker of the Year award last night. I mean, he lost it before then, but, you know, last night was the nail in the coffin. 
Yeah, I think I even looked over and said that to you. I was like, man, Banana Man's pissed now. He lost his Booker of the Year. Yeah, man. I don't think he ever had it personally, but he definitely lost it if he did have it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, this is great. Uh, the Cougs saying, loved Riho, Riho versus Nyla, first Dynamite in October 2019 for the inaugural title. Uh, St. Patrick's Day Slam, Rosa versus Britt, and this match last night. Yeah, that first match with Nyla and, and Rio was phenomenal. Who might have the best memory I have ever heard? <laughs> Do you have like a photographic memory or anything like that, Coog? I can't remember specific shows and matches. It's hard. It's a little hard for me to remember that. Like pay per views, I can kind of remember, but oof, that's tough. That's that's a good memory right there. All right, so uh, points on this one, we all actually chose Jamie Hader. So. And this one was where I had my chance for a possible extra point saying that they would unify the belt, but alas, they did not, to my dismay. No, they did not. All right. All right. Next up, we have the AEW World Tag Team Championship match, the Acclaimed versus Swerve in Our Glory. Um, uh, this match was good, but man... That last match before the main event is just a death trap because I don't think anybody can make that slot be great. Like this, like it, it's nothing against them, you know. And I know that I'm sure Tony Khan didn't want to. Tony's been really putting a lot of effort in the women's matches, so he probably didn't want to put a women's match on there. Nor, sh nor should you, for the record, put a women's match on there just because it's the women's match. Um, but like, there, I don't think there was a match on this card that you put there and it doesn't suffer from the spot on the card. Um, but all in all, it was still a very enjoyable match. Uh, Max brought out a two-verse rap, which was really good. Um, I still want to go back and listen to it, like, you know, not live, like, on video. I couldn't hear a word of it. I heard a little bit of it. It was pretty good from what I heard. But, yeah, I want to go back and watch it again. I have to find it no. still. Quick question before you move on. So are you saying that for this match, you thought the crowd was a little dead or something? I, I didn't feel like that at all. Um, I thought the crowd definitely seemed a little out of it. I thought that, like, I don't think the crowd was dead. I, I don't think they were, like, completely dead. But, yeah. like, there was definitely a lull. Like, after, after, yeah. like, after the acclaim, after Max did his rap and the match actually started, like, I was expecting, like, oh, scissor me daddy chance to go through, like, the whole match. Somebody okay. tried to start it, and it, it went for, like, five seconds and then died. And I just yeah. I don't think it's anything against the Acclaimed or Swerve in Our Glory. It's just that spot. Like, I would like to see somebody, whether it be like, more obviously, I think Tony Khan's more capable of doing it. I would like to see somebody figure out something for that spot before the main event. Like, can wanna... we try something different? Can Like, here, here's, what, here's my idea. Let's do a promo on a pay-per-view. Like, let's do, like, a 10-minute promo that sets up for a storyline. Like, anything. It doesn't have to be even a major storyline. Like, let's just throw something out there to, like, kill some time before the main event. Let the crowd get a little bit more worked back up. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you would do, but, like, I don't know. Something. I, I just... Like, they, they did the Orange Cassidy uh, video package with Jake Hager, which I want to mention real quick now that I remembered it. It was fucking incredible. With the, the the conversation between Orange and Jake Hager, Orange is like, <laughs> Jake's like, what's in the bag? Orange is like, this belt. This. You want it? He's like, I want, want it. it. <laughs> He's like, I'll fight you for it on Wednesday. He's like, okay. He's like, 
It's a nice hat. Nice hat. <laughs> and then Jake's like, like I love this hat. Goddamn right it is. <laughs> yeah, you're damn right. Because <laughs> uh, finally somebody loved the hat the way he loves the hat. Um, but just, yeah, great, great moment. But like, I'm saying like, do that. But like maybe do a few of those interviews. Like just string something yeah. together. Give us some, yeah. give us like 10, 15 minutes of just like, all right, here's some promos. Like, and I understand that might not be the way people want the show to progress, but for the live audience, like, let them build. Like, don't let any of the wrestlers, don't let any of the matches go to this crowd that's going to be tired. And like, you know, it. I don't know how you can fix it because the everything leading up to that, <laughs> I was fucking dying at this. Yeah, yeah. it was amazing. But like, you like, it, you're doing a disservice to the wrestlers because the AEW cards are so good, and WWE has the same problem too. Like, no doubt about it. Um, you know, like in AEW, like you have your whole card, and people are so excited for these matches, and they go through it, and they're all hyped. I thought overall very great car- crowd last night, but you got to that match, that death spot. It's the same thing on on um, on Dynamite and Rampage on regular TV. That seventh quarter. It's just not a good quarter. It never does that well. Um, and, you know, just... So I think I kind of realized what might have happened here, but I think it's interesting that we kind of took that the different ways. I thought that the lull in the crowd was we were so amped for them coming out, doing the rap, the match started. I think everybody was just so, like, ready to sit down and watch the match that it kind of did get a little silent. But... I actually didn't take it in a bad way. I was like, oh man, let's go, you know, and everybody just kind of sat down. But now that I think about it after you saying that, I'm like, it, it's it's pretty interesting that, you know, there could be two different uh, sides of the fence there on how you took that. See, um, I would disagree with your point just because of the kind of match that was had there. You know, yeah. looking back on the last pay-per-view at All Out, Jericho versus Danielson, that match was designed and, and booked to be a very technical match. That match did yeah. not go on second to last, but... It had a very dead crowd, and the reason for that was what you were saying. People just wanted to sit down and watch this wrestling match between two technical wrestlers. Yeah. None of the guys in the ring, all of the guys in the ring are fantastic, excellent wrestlers. I don't want this True. to come off as that. But none of those guys would I would I say are technical wrestlers. They're just not. They're they are more of that bombastic, entertaining wrestling um style. And it's Yo. just Yeah, go ahead. The Coog has a great point there. That should be a hat versus title match, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> um, I like uh, Maduja saying Ryan Nemeth could come out and do stand-up comedy. Exactly. Do it doesn't have to be very good. Like obviously, do do a good segment. But you know, you could have Ryan Nemeth go out there. Like here's what I would do, right? It, it, just with that idea specifically. That is a good have, idea. Have Ryan Nemeth go out there, do what he did in Philly last time we were in Philly. Have him shit on New Jersey. Have him shit on Newark. And then just pick somebody to go out there and destroy them. Yeah. Like Lance Archer. Like Lance Archer lost on, on, on Friday. Give him the moment where he's pissed. And he just comes out and just fucking breaks Ryan that. You know? <laughs> That'd be great. Comes you know out, destroys mean? him, and then just walks straight to the back. Doesn't say a word. <laughs> exactly. Like, just, just, just kill some time and do something that doesn't require the fans to, like, be really into something. Because they just need a break. It doesn't matter how good your show is, you know, like or how good the match in that slot is. And, you know, again, I don't want to take it away from the match. Overall, I thoroughly enjoyed the match. But myself, I was exhausted at this point, getting so ready for the main event. I was I was chanting the whole night, and I was like, you know what? I took, like, the, my water. I had, like, a little bit left, and I was like, I'm just going to sit here and enjoy this water. 
and enjoy the match, but like I can't do it. And like whenever the chance started for like scissor me daddy, I tried, but like it died down as soon as I started. So I was like, all right, well I'm not I'm not carrying this. It's just not gonna happen. The Jamie Hater match took a lot of energy, man. I was screaming half the time, like I was counting with every pinfall. I was like, one, two, you know, like that one took a lot of energy out of me. So I do, I do see where you're coming from there too. Yeah. But overall great match. Um, I thought that this was just, yeah, great match. Uh, really cool to see Swerve and our glory, uh, finally break up at one point. Um, Swerve wants Keith to cheat. Keith's not, ha- or, uh, yeah, Keith's not having it. He, he picks up Bowens, pats him on the back. Leaves the ring, takes his uh, his arm guard off, and stands on the ramp and watches as Anthony Bowens comes back and him and Max defeat Swerve Strickland. Um, the exact opposite of what I said was going to happen. <laughs> AKA the exact thing that I said was going to happen. <laughs> yep. um, uh, you and Coach Nick both uh, chose the acclaimed, and uh, I did not. So I am surely eliminated from this championship match. Laying unconscious on the outside of the ring, with your with your shitty Jeff Jarrett, not Jeff Jarrett hat. Oh, I was so bad. If I could have found a black trench coat, I could have saved it. But that was well, yeah. No. Here's the thing, folks. I like look. All right, I don't. You know me. I don't always like being this guy. However, I'm feeling it tonight. So 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 Jeff, you were you were. Uh, you wanted to do a a Jeff Jared cosplay. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. So you're sitting there in the Discord, right? And Juhas and I, we're like on our way to the show, right? We're we're like on our way. And you you go to the Discord like, guys, what tie should I wear for my Jeff Jared cosplay? And I'm well, like, my first. So I can I explain that. My first thing is I'm just gonna wear a suit. You know. You'll get your you'll get your chance. Okay. But so you 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 were like, what tie should I wear for my Jeff Jarrett cosplay? And I'm like, I turned to Juhas and I was like, have you ever seen Jeff Jarrett like on a regular basis wear a tie? And Joe's like, no, well, no, why? And I'm like, because fucking Jeff wants to wear a tie, and one of them is a Star Wars tie with little lightsabers on it. And I'm like, and, jo- and Joe's like, no, he's not. <laughs> like, yes, he is. He is. He wants to wear a little Star Wars tie for his Jeff Jarrett cosplay. And Juhas is like, tell him he's lame. And I was like, sure, I'll tell him he's lame. Um, I was you like, know? you guys are mean. <laughs> and, you know, it was just, it wasn't a good idea. I mean, luckily we talked you out of the tie. We finally talked you out of the tie. You were supposed to get there before us based off the time. Like, we stopped and got something to eat on the way to the show. And it was a less drive for you. Yeah. You should have beaten us there. You did not. You we, you got there 45 minutes after we had gotten in line. And, like, I'm just going to be frank. It's definitely because you sat there staring at ties for 45 minutes. Probably. Coach, and you enabled him, Coach. You told him to pick the purple one. I'm like, Jeff Jarrett has never, like, like maybe once or twice he wore a suit for a promo or wore a suit, yeah. like, for a press conference. I'm sure that's happened. But, like, I've never seen Jeff Jarrett consistently walk out with, a tie like just and just never i've no. never seen it. and when juha said he wears silvers when i was like oh crap i gotta look this up so i did look it up and the only time jeff jarrett has ever worn a tie is where he's wearing just a blue button-up shirt like no no coat 
and he wears some <laughs> ugly ass ties too. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, all right, the tie idea is gone. And I did go with the silver shirt like Juhas had suggested. But the, the horrible problem here was I ordered this, you know. That. It wasn't a cowboy hat. It was more of a fedora. Exactly. So I ordered this freaking cowboy hat that looked to me on the fucking screen like it was a nice little black cowboy hat. And, man, I get this shit. And it's like some Johnny Depp fucking, like, flat circle brimmed. It, it might have even been for a woman, dude. I swear to God, it might have been a lady's hat. I, sh- I don't even know. But yeah, the only way to save that was with a black trench coat and a better hat. So I admit right off the bat, it was terrible. Yeah, it was, it was not, it was not it was, a good bad. Like, we tried to talk you out of it. You were just, you were adamant. I, I wish I would have listened. Wouldn't. Yeah, I wish you would have too. I'm stubborn. <laughs> I was joking on the way there. I was like, Jeff's probably going to show up looking like fucking Doug Dimmodome. And it, like, people are going to be like, well, what did you buy? Exxon Gas Company or something? Like... <laughs> Coach Nick's the only one that's actually seen this besides you guys because I actually sent him a picture and I was like, does this look okay? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, no, it doesn't in my head. I was like, it really doesn't. <laughs> See, like, all right, ready here. I'm going to be Coach Nick for a second. All right, ready? Uh, like, make like a ding sound, like a notification on my phone when, 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 I, when I'm done talking. Ready? Okay. And action. All right, guys, go run a few laps. I'm going to go into the film room and check some stuff out. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Hold well, on. My phone's going off. What's this? Oh, Jeff's asking me if he looks good. Let me see the picture. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jeff, you look great, man. Who are you trying to look like? Man, Jeff, I asked Jeff. you, Coach, because I wanted honesty. <laughs> you should have asked me. I wasn't being honest when I told oh, you. Oh, I, I know. I know. <laughs> I always. I already knew your guys' opinion, though. <laughs> Coach is just like, all right, I gotta go back to the film room. I'm next time I'll just, uh, next time I'll just dust off the old evil Uno mask and wear that and be blind instead. Jeff, at the end of the day, I'm always gonna keep it 100. Okay, I'm not. I'm not That's a why troll. I love you, man. I'm not, like, here's the thing. Like, I could understand if you, if Juhas, only Juhas told you, because Juhas, wonderful human being, absolute troll. Totally understand if Juhas was like, you look like shit, and everyone else said you look good. Okay, I get that. But, like, I'm not sitting here trying to fucking sabotage you. If you don't <laughs> tell you, it doesn't look good. Oh, I, I know. I know. I should have actually just tossed the hat. Like, once we got there, I was just wearing, a, like, a black coat and the hat and, and the shirt. If I would have just tossed the hat, it probably would have been fine. Oh, man. But something in my brain moment. was like, you spent $20, you're wearing this shit all night. And I was like, all right. And then the worst part is, like, you, 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 brought, you were so focused on the jared stuff you didn't bring your mjf scarf i know i'm glad i didn't though because everyone there had the mjf scarf oh my god yeah but you know what it would have looked really bad if you did the jared thing with the scarf yeah that would have been too much that would have been like yeah it would not good anyways this is a good match i got my points i think coach got points too you did not jeff let's move on i do have a quick question for you about this acclaimed and swerve match so this was the rubber match Sure. Which of the three matches did you enjoy the most? The first one. I would have to say so also, but this one is a very close second. I think the first one was because, you know, they won the titles. No, 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 no. Or no, they won I, the second one, but. I enjoyed the first one the most because it was just the better of the three matches. Yeah. 
the second one I enjoyed a little bit under that. It wasn't as good of a match, but the ending was special. Purple kept asking Je uh, Je uh, her. Jeff kept asking Purple, who yeah, she had no idea. Jeff, like, how did he look? And she has no idea who Jeff Jarrett was. I showed her a picture, and she was like, and "Eh, kinda." <laughs> she was one of those that like, wouldn't. Yeah, she wouldn't tell me. Thing. It's the same thing as as what Coach did. She was probably looking at yeah, it. Yeah, like, she did the same thing Coach did. Uh, yeah, All right. yeah. You know, you kind of do look like it if you turn your head and tilt your head or something like that. <laughs> Quit your eyes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the main event here. We had John Moxley versus MJF. Oh my God. This was great. Excellent match. This is another fiver. This is another fiver for me. Um, kudos to Mox. Mox walked into that building as the heel, he read it immediately and he reacted accordingly. Some some notes, and maybe the people watching at home can kind of back me up on this because I'm sitting there watching this, right? I'm sitting there watching Mox's entrance, and and much like Juas, I also knew that some dirty finish was coming. I said multiple times in the weeks leading up to this, I was like, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is convincing you he didn't exist. MJF clearly hamming it up. There was definitely something coming to this. He is not a babyface. I repeat, he's not a babyface. Only in Newark, only in New Jersey or New York. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, well, yeah, in Long Island, he won't be a face. Yeah. So, sitting there, and I'm watching Mox and Mox's entrance, and you have Mox talking to Regal as they're walking to the to the stadium, you know, or they're walking out. Um, and Regal clearly looked pissed off. Mox was, like, getting mouthy with him, and at the last second before they go out there, Mox turns around and flips him off. Um, if somebody who watched at home can kind of verify that this is what they saw as well, um, I noticed it live and i was like yeah this is what happened jeff was like oh no, I didn't see yeah it. i didn't see it and i was like all right man well just you watch you know and then regal leaves and i'm like yeah okay that's that's the finish um much like i thought um but so what happens is you have an excellent match where mjf working the baby face mox working the heel um excellent match the crowd was super into this match um they were chanting like new champ woo, woo, new champ um uh, amongst yeah. other things uh, we get a broken table, broken table number two. I'm just gonna write it on, on my scoreboard. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll have to see who predicted. I, mean, I wonder if anyone predicted two broken tables tonight. Um, we'll see. But yeah, this is a, an excellent, excellent match uh, leading up to the finish where we have uh, William Regal come out. Max has the dynamite diamond ring on his fist and. Regal's like, I knew you couldn't win this legitimately. I knew you couldn't win a straight fight. Um, and MJF takes the ring off, throws it on the ground, uh, goes to fight Mox. A little bit more fighting happens. You have some referees getting knocked out. First referee, second referee. Um, I was making jokes like, who's third on call? Yeah. Get him out there. Um, <laughs> the and crowd so chanted, Aubrey. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, she's probably like, I'm not taking another bump. Let Bryce yeah. and Knox do this. I already took a bump this week. Um, but so, you know, Regal comes up. He slides the brass knucks to MJF. MJF knocks out Moxley, uh, pins Mox, and we have a brand new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Um, Post-match, we are after the show ends, we have the media scrum. MJF comes in. Cuts a promo, basically shitting on the fans, shitting on the media, shitting on Tony Khan, shitting on everybody, 
you know, saying like, I, I fucking duped all of you. You all thought that I was going to be this shining good guy, that I was going to be a squeaky clean, you fucking marks, you idiots. And he just tears everyone to shreds. Highly recommended if you haven't seen it. Media scrums are always worth watching. Um, you know, he does drop another CM Punk line in this promo, uh, in the media scrum. Make of that what you will. I still think it's a work. And we see CM Punk again. And I think MJF is student of CM Punk. That's what he is. CM Punk's his favorite wrestler. And he just, he just, he's just, he takes his work and he, you know, turns it into his own. Um, the Kook said, great main event. Incredible. Coach, Coach saying Mox flipped Regal off before the match. I swear this happened. Like, yeah, like. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Like, no. So Mox is walking. They're bickering. Like, they're chit-chatting. Regal looks pissed, and not in that that way where Regal kind of stands there and looks around like this, like he's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, no, like they were legit, legitimately looked like they were bickering, and then Mox, before they go out the curtain to go into the actual, like, open part of the stadium, and they leave the hallway, it looked like Mox turns around and goes like this, and then they just walk out. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd have to see the, his entrance again. I want to look it up, Jeff. Give some thoughts on this match. What did you think of this match? I thought the storytelling in this was incredible. Um, basically, the entire match and the entire build, it felt like Mox was taking MJF lightly. He was kind of like, "Who the hell is this kid? What are you gonna do to me? You know, I beat you a year. You, I beat you before, long time ago." And even in the match, like every time Mox had him down, he would just walk around and like strut around, like this guy's nothing. You know what I mean? So it really felt like he was taking him lightly the entire time, and. I did see the look on Regal's face and him kind of chit-chatting with Mox, but I felt like he was telling him, like, you're taking this guy lightly, you know, stop taking him so lightly. And, but I, I didn't see any of the, uh, you know, the flip-off thing. I think maybe that might have been directed to a fan who said something to him, because you know the fans were, the fans had to be heavy against him, you know, coming through the crowd and he was getting booed hard. This, this video is before that. I'm looking for something that happened right before this video started. Hold on. No, because yeah, they were so the, I, I know what you're talking about because you kind of looked over at me. It's right when they're inside the tunnel, like right, right when they cut to Mox and Regal before he comes out of the tunnel. Right. They say something to each other, and Regal does have like a scowl on his face. But immediately after yeah. that, all I saw was him turn around and start walking through the crowd. Um, I'm really trying to find it. I really, I really want to see it. Um, Juju said, what I saw was Moxley flipping off the camera. Okay, maybe he flipped off the camera. Him and Regal were definitely bickering, though. Yeah. Okay, as long as, so Mox definitely flipped off somebody in that hallway. Um, but he could be mistaken, he's saying. Kook says, you guys remember when MJF debuted in AEW? He was Cody's friend. My, what a long way he has come. Yes, absolutely, man. I remember yeah. that like it was yesterday. I love, MJF is, again, this is such a moment for MJF. Um, just an absolute crazy moment for him. And it's just, it's just great. I'm going to try yeah, that. Was that was amazing. I'm in clutch here. Oh. All right. So, uh, you know, of course, MJF gets his win, gets that belt finally. And man, that thing looks great over his shoulder. If you guys didn't see the thumbnail for tonight, that's an awesome picture of him with some devil horns with the belt. He looks great with that belt. Uh, so coach, uh, this is the one that, you know, put the nail in the coffin for you. Uh, coach had chosen John Moxley. Um, I was already knocked out of the running here, and Rome did correctly choose MJF. So, King Rome. Chose MJF? What's that? Was I the only one that chose MJF? 
No, I chose MJF as well, but I was out of the running already. Did Coach choose MJF? No, he chose Moxley, so me and you get a point. Gotcha. Well, Jeff, how, now, many, uh, how many broken tables? Well, so there were two broken tables on the nights, but they tried to break three. But to my dismay, one of those tables earlier did not break, just kind of tilted over. So, with a prediction of two tables, that would be an extra point to King Rome, even though you didn't even need it. <laughs> we have a new Broken Predictions champion, King Rome. Well, Congratulations, sir. Glad to have the belt back where it belongs. It would seem that the boyhood dream has finally come true, you know? What a day. What an event, you know? I just want to, like, take a few minutes to to thank everybody who supported me through this. You know, I, I made a misstep, you know? And, and you know, the King Rome's not a heel, you know? At the end of the day, I lost that last match to Forrest. You know, I tried my best to, to save the save the podcast, and I did fail. Um, but I'm glad that I was able to come out here tonight and redeem myself against some great competitors. You know, Coach Nick was fantastic. Like, this man, I I respect this man more than I respect, you know, almost anybody in this in, in this entire world. You know, I, I think God blessed him with a lot of special ability. Uh, super smart guy. Uh, just, just absolute fucking competitor. Like, this dude, like, Coach drove me to be a better competitor. And I just want to make sure that I put over my worthy opponent as much as I could. Thank you very much for that. Excellent victory speech. I was talking about coach. I know. I know. Yeah. Jeff, your hat looked lame. It wasn't. What's that? Your hat was lame. It wasn't very good. It was horrible, dude. It's horrible. That being said, I'm not going to be a heel. Uh, This, this win is for all of the, all of the great people here at the broken tables podcast, all the great fans. The King's Court is once again in session and shall remain in session. Congratulations, sir. Thank you, sir. All right. So, overall, this was one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year, for sure. Um, I am so glad that we actually did decide to buy those tickets, man. You know, I, I would be kicking myself if we didn't. Seeing what we got to see so many moments tonight, or, you know, last night, there was the return of the elite. There was Jamie Hayter winning the championship, MJF winning the championship. Like, those three moments, I'm going to remember for a long time. Eddie Kingston making me fucking swell up and basically cry in the middle of an arena. Like, crazy. Yeah. I'll remember that for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, one last thing is champion before we uh, carry on with the show. I would like to announce that I will be a fighting champion and I am already going to book. Now, Jeff, I don't trust you to book matches anymore. I just don't. No offense. Bad booker. You're like triple. You're the triple Paul of bookers in terms of podcasts. Um, my first title defense, I am booking right now the number one contendership match for my title. This number one contendership match is going to go off of top competitors here in the Broken Tables community. I am announcing that at Winter is Coming 
on December 14th, I believe it is. It might be the 15th. I'm not sure. It's one of the two. We will have a predictions face-off between the coach and Juhas. It will be a one-on-one -on -one match where both men will submit their picks, and the winner will face me at a future date. That is actually um that's actually pretty nice. I uh I I think I'm going to approve of this uh number one contenders match. I I, I actually like that a lot. Yeah. Just let me do the book and I'll get us far. Absolutely. It's beautiful. Beautiful belt. Anyway. All right. So this was an excellent show. Thank you guys in chat for uh hanging out with us tonight. We held a, a nice audience all night. Thank you guys very much. Uh, thank you, Coog, for uh, joining us, man. We absolutely love the, the knowledge that you bring in here and drop into the chat. Uh, Coach Nick, as always, um, congratulations on your uh, number one contenders match coming up. And Purpleness, and we had Mioja as well. We had Joseph Juhas. Thank you guys all very, very much for uh, joining us tonight. Anything else you want to add before we uh, head out of here? Um, I think AEW. You know, full gear, excellent pay-per-view. I think it probably will be pay-per-view of the year. Uh, a few matches that will be mentioned in our match of the year, you know, contention. Um, just a reminder, please come back here tomorrow to the Broken Tables podcast YouTube channel, where we will have episode two of The Game Room, our video game podcast. Excuse me. We will be talking about the Game Awards. Jeff will be making his picks live for the Game Awards um here on the show and then we will also have the review for call of duty modern warfare 2 and warzone 2.0 please make sure you are here tomorrow at 9 p.m eastern it would mean the world to me yeah i i, I love these game room podcasts um gaming just has a special place in my heart you know me and purple met on the world of warcraft stuff like that so i really hope you guys uh join us for that as well got some uh interesting points about Warzone 2. I can't wait to uh, have that discussion tomorrow. Uh, so, Coach, it's going to be 9 p.m. Eastern. So, it'll be 6 p.m. for your time. Yes, sir. But, yeah, I would love for you to join us live, hang out, have a good time, talk about video games. Um, you know, the only, the only in terms of, you know, the only passion that probably trumps pro wrestling for me is my passion for video games. So, you know, Let's uh, let's get out and have a fun uh, fun night tomorrow. Absolutely. Thank you, Coog. Thank you for hanging out with yeah, us, man. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you very much. That's that is like valuable, like very valuable knowledge you have. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When we gonna play together? Is Coach talking to Rome? Because we've already played together. Coach, it's my fault. I kept for, I keep forgetting that the social tab is kind of buggy right now. So like every time I go in, it keeps crashing it. So I just forget like. I keep trying to push it. Like I tried to add Jeff the other night too, and it was some issues, which will be mentioned in the review. Don't worry, <laughs> we'll talk about it. Uh, but you know, we'll talk more about it tomorrow. Yep. All right, man. Uh, go ahead and close us out. All right. Well, this has been episode ninety-two of the Broken Tables podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a like and a subscribe or a follow, depending on where you find us. Jeff, is this a YouTube exclusive or no? No, no. This will be uploaded to the Spotify. Just want to make sure all of them. Thank you for everyone hanging out with us tonight in the chat. Thank you to everybody who participated in the show. We really, really appreciate and love the participation. If you're just lurking, come on, man, start commenting. Let's start some discourse. 
Uh, thank you to everyone listening to us live. Like I said, thank you to everyone checking us out in the future. Coach is already here, so it's not him. Uh, thank you to everyone checking us out on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. You can follow us at our social media links down below. Uh, make sure you hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and the like. Uh, you can go to youtube.com slash the Broken Tables podcast and check us out where we are here every single Monday night for the Game Room podcast, Wednesday night for the Dynamite review, Friday night for the Rampage review, and we do pay-per-views as well. The next pay-per-view on the horizon is Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. Got to get that Curly's order ready, Jeff. It's been a minute. Yeah. Uh, but until then, hope to see everybody tomorrow. Have a great rest of your night. Right on. And uh, thank you as well from myself. You know, we love you guys in chat. Ah, man, mine's not anywhere near me. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys very much for joining us. Until next time, top guys out.